This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. I'm so glad you are here. If this is your first time, just want to welcome you again. My name is Kelly, and my husband, Lane, and I have the great honor and joy of getting to pastor this great church. We're lucky to live in an area where there are a lot of great churches, but welcome to my favorite. I do have favorites. Glad you are here today. Uh, we're in a series, this is part two, of a little bit of wisdom will go a long way. So I have a little, a little bit to share with you today, but I believe that if it can be applied to your life, it will have profound uh, if effects and results in your life. And I hope that you've been on this journey of growth with us. As we started the year, our goal was, hey, how can we help you grow? How can we help you take your next real Christian? Just I want to look up and say, hey, uh, you know, I've been a Christian for 22 years, but like a one-year-old Christian, just 22 times. No, like we want to grow in our walk. We want to grow in our faith. And so we've just been laying some foundational blocks this year. The first one talking about prayer. And we built the next one talking about habits. Like if we're going to have a vibrant, healthy prayer life that helps us grow in our spiritual walk, we need good habits to support that. And then all of these habits and decisions need to be supported with wisdom. Like God's wisdom needs to infiltrate every aspect of our lives. And I believe that this series is going to help you and help you grow in your walk. And and really it's been amazing. We've received, uh, some of you guys have shared some amazing stories with us, some things that you started kind of, you know, we talked about the dominoes in your life, getting the dominoes pushed over in the right direction in your life, whether it's through habits or decisions or sowing different seed, all the things we've talked about. And some of y'all have shared some really great things with us. We've had multiple couples tell us that, that this year they have gone on a date with their spouse for the first time in years, like years. And, you, and, and we always say like, hey, calendar is king. Calendar is king. If it's not on the calendar, it's not real. And there have been many couples are like taking that to the bank. They're like, no, it's on the calendar. We've got a sitter. This thing is real and it's happening. People for the first time saying, uh, I'm walking two miles a day and praying. Things they've never done before, like getting new rhythms, healthy rhythms to help support them in their growth. And if that's, if you're, if you're like, hey, that's my story too, I just want to champion you and cheer you on as you are on a, a track for spiritual growth in your life. The things that God has done in you in this new year, like hold on to that. Let the good work that God has started in you continue as you continue sowing seeds. And remember that as you're sowing seeds, that those, those roots are going down deep and to be patient with it, that it's the roots before fruits. And so today, part two of our wisdom series, talking about how we can have God's wisdom in our lives. And last week, Pastor Landon started talking and he said, hey, if you're going to have wisdom, it's going to start with number one, you have to fear God. Like it's going to start with the fear of the Lord. And uh, we talked about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom is what Proverbs 9, 10 says. And it's a little difficult to really teach about like, hey, what does it mean to fear God? Like, we maybe sometimes we fear consequences. Sometimes we fear people's opinion or judgment or rejection of us, but we need to fear what God thinks about us most. I think one of the things, if we could talk about one of the things about our culture that has uh, really impacted, I think our fear of God is that we have gotten very comfortable with God, like very familiar, like he's our homeboy, but he's not like he's God. He is God. And, and, and yes, God is loving and God is accepting, but we can live in fear of God when we live from a place knowing that God is also holy. God is also just. God is also loving and kind and merciful. 
We will also like carry this weight of fearing God, respecting him when we know that one day we're going to have to give an account for our lives. Every word we've spoken, every action we've made, like we're going to have to get a, give an account for it. And when we know that God is holy, God is just, God is also merciful, he's loving and he's kind. When we live knowing like who God is, we can live in fear of God. And as we're talking about wisdom, we need God's wisdom in our lives because we are facing decisions, right? Like our lives are a series of different decisions we're making. And I've heard it said before that we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. In, in other words, in other words, you become, who you become tomorrow is a direct result of the decisions you make today. And I know that a lot of us were facing really big decisions. Like you feel the weight of it. Like, should I date this person? Is this the kind of person I can build a life with? Should I go to college? Should I go back to school? Should I join the military? Should I take this promotion? Should, I, should we have kids? Should we have more kids? Should I stay at home with the kids? Where will these kids be educated? Should they be homeschooled? Should they go to public school, charter school, private school? Like there are a lot of big decisions that we're facing that carry a lot of weight. And our, our goal in this series is to help us have a godly way of making these decisions, to be, bring God's wisdom into these very big decisions that we're facing. So it starts with fearing God is number one. This is how we get God's wisdom in our lives. Number one is fear God. And number two is to search for it. Like, I know it sounds simple. We said a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> but to search for it. And this is what we're gonna unpack today is that if we can fear God, that's the beginning of all of it. And then to search for wisdom. The ironic thing about our culture is that we're, we're really identified and defined by being a searching culture. We search for everything. Here are some fun stats for you. Just how searching of searchers we all search to be. The average number of Google searches per second, 2.3 million per second our kids do this all the time like we we all like we we get like we feel angst when somebody asks a question and we don't know the answer to it you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna look like you just you have you have to look you have to search you've got to know the answer I remember a time where we just were dumb like we just didn't know things (laughs) and our kids will come home and they'll say something they'll say something that some other child said to them they don't know what it is and they shouldn't be saying it and they'll say it and I'm like shouldn't nope 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 I don't know I'm not gonna tell you but don't say it and they're like hey Google we're like nope 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 I don't know if Google's given their life to Christ I don't know how like how sanctified and holy Google is uh but we're not gonna ask Google these questions searching total monthly U.S. desktop searches per month 11 billion number of unique Google searches per month 1.17 billion searching the number one thing searched on the YouVersion app, which is a Bible app that you can download for free, is wisdom. Wisdom. And, I, and I, I'm humbled to get to talk about this because I'm like, wow, like I need more wisdom. And yet it's the thing I pray for every day. Almost all of my prayers start with like, God, give me wisdom. I don't know how to do this thing. I, I don't know how to lead the way you want me to lead. I don't know how to teach the way you want me to teach. I don't know how to parent or be married. Like, God, I need your wisdom. And a lot of times I feel a genuine sense of like, God, if you will show me exactly what to do in this circumstance, like if you will give me your wisdom, I promise I will do it. Anybody else? You're like, God, I will, I will walk in the ways you tell me to. Just please tell me. Like I want, I want to know. Well, today is all about searching for wisdom. 
searching for wisdom. We are a generation that knows how to search for information. But I'm wondering if God can call us to be a generation that searches for wisdom. I wonder if church, we can be a church that knows how to search for wisdom. I wonder if our purpose youth can be a youth group that knows how to search for God's wisdom. What if we had a parenting culture in this church that doesn't just know that this method or that method, you let them cry it out or whatever. Let me tell you, at the end of the day, you're not gonna sleep. But can we have a parenting culture in our church that knows how to search for God's wisdom? Can we have a leadership culture where we know how to search for God's wisdom? The teachers that are in the house, like you, you are searching for God's wisdom. I don't want us just to be a generation that searches for information, but one that knows how to search for God's wisdom because we need God's wisdom. We need it. Religion doesn't make you wise. Degrees don't make you wise. Not even age or experience can make you wise. The thing that will make you wise is seeking God. That is where you will find wisdom. Wisdom is not instinctive. Wisdom is not our default setting. Wisdom is not intuitive for us. And we're not going to drift into wisdom. Foolishness is actually our default setting. And why? Why is it foolishness that's our default setting? Well, foolishness is our default setting because we, are, we live in a fallen world. And sin is not just like, hey, this is the bad stuff you do. Sin is this power that, that tends for us to be like looking in towards ourselves. Around here, we call it navel gazing. We actually got it from Augustine. He said it this way in Latin. It was incurvitus in say, which is just Latin for curved in towards oneself. And the more that we are just curved in towards oneself, the more I don't even know where I'm going and you're hoping I don't fall off the stage. At least I can see the steps. And the more I'm curved into myself, I can't look at God. I don't know what God's doing. I can't look out at the community of wise people in my church. I, I can't even look at scripture. I'm just curved in towards myself. And that, that predispositions us for foolishness. It predispositions us for foolishness because we're just curved in towards ourselves. Curved in towards ourselves. So who needs wisdom today? The answer is all of us because our, our natural inclination is to look in, but wisdom calls us to look up and to look towards God. And, and Proverbs is calling us, Proverbs is, is calling us and saying, hey, come this way, come do things God's way. Because if you don't, you are going to cause yourself needless suffering. And I think that our lives are full of enough suffering. Suffering is part of what conforms us into the image of Christ. Like we are called as Christians to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And the cross itself is a form of suffering. Like suffering is going to exist, but we don't need to put on ourselves more needless suffering because we're turned in towards ourselves, walking off of cliffs because we're not going to look up. Needless suffering. Proverbs 107, 17 says, some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. And so wisdom needs to be searched for and, and not just searched for, but searched for with an urgency as though it mattered for life and death. Because actually it does. Actually it does. The, the way we say it to our kids, it says, hey, play silly games, you're gonna win silly prizes. Which means if you keep leaning back in your chair, you're gonna fall and hit your head. But the Bible says that it's our foolishness that causes needless suffering. So there's an urgency that's calling us to search for wisdom to save us from the pain of our own sin. 
And I want you to imagine how, how maybe the things that, are, 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 that you would love an answer for, maybe where there's frustration in your life or you've been wondering what to do in a situation. I want you to imagine if you were to receive one word from God, how that might change everything for you. Like what if in that one area, when it came to that one relationship, if you knew what to do, how could one word from God totally change the entire course for you? Like one word from God, like if you were told that if you could get that word from God that you would, how urgently would you go search for that word? I wanna share a story with you about someone who did search urgently and desperately for wisdom and had an incredible legacy because they did. It's in 1 Kings chapter three. And it starts off, and this is the message translation, which was written by a theologian named Eugene Peterson. And he really dug into the original meaning of each um, scripture. So it's not like, hey, he just paraphrased it according to our language. No, like he really dug in to know the meaning of the scripture. So this is the message translation. And it says, Solomon loved God and continued to live in God-honoring ways of his father, David. And that's, that's a, to me, I think that's a good definition of wisdom, like living in a God-honoring way. Living in a God-honoring way, that's what, what wisdom is. Another translation says it this way. It says, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given to him by his father, David. And we're gonna look at it in a little bit, but I think it's also important to note here that the reason Solomon even knew to search for wisdom or to walk in the ways of the Lord is because his dad taught him that. We have to be taught that we have to search for wisdom. We have to search for and we have to be taught that. And it's important for each of us, whatever stage of life we're in, to make sure that we are raising up the next generation, that we're not just going for it, but that we're mindful to reach down and teach people, hey, you've got to search for wisdom. You need an answer, you go to God for that. And at every Sunday where I get to go back and purpose kids, I see our purpose youth leading small groups of kids. Guys, you have an amazing opportunity to not just like, hey, I'm gonna chase after God and wisdom, but be sure you're imparting it to the next generation as well, because there's a legacy that comes from doing that. And our story here continues. It says, talking about Solomon, it says he sacrificed a thousand whole burnt offerings on that altar. That night there in Gibeon, God appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what can I give you? ask. Let's just imagine for a moment that God comes to you. Maybe it's in a dream. Maybe it's in in your prayer time. And what if God were to tell you to ask for anything? What if you, like God comes to you and he says, what is it you want? What is it you need? Ask. What would you ask for? What would you ask for? Maybe you're seeing the scene from Aladdin where he's like, you cannot ask for more wishes. All the things that he says you can't ask for. But what would you ask for from God, the creator of the universe, the one who places each star in the sky, the one who tells the ocean how far it can come? What would you ask of him if you could ask anything? Well, he asked Solomon that, and let's look at what Solomon said. Solomon said, you were extravagantly generous in love with my father, David, and he lived faithfully in your presence. His relationships were just and his heart right. And you have persisted in this great and generous love by giving him and this very day a son to sit on his throne. And now here I am, God, my God, you have made me your servant, ruler of kingdom in place of David, my father. I'm too young for this, a mere child. I don't know the ropes. I hardly know the ins and outs of this job. And here I am set down in the middle of the people you've chosen, a great people, far too many to count. 
And I hope you can hear the urgency in Solomon's voice here. Solomon was not much older than some of you on the front row who are a part of our youth group. Some scholars say he might've been 20, but he says, no, God, I'm just a child. Like, I don't even know how to do this. Now I'm becoming leader. His dad, David had just died. So Solomon was becoming king and he's looking out at this great nation and he's following in his father's footsteps and he's finding himself, I'm young and I don't know how to do this, God. This is where he finds himself. And then he goes on and he says, out of his desperation, urgency, he's like, if I could ask for one thing, he goes, here's what I want. Give me a God listening heart. Some translations say wisdom or a discerning mind or an understanding mind. But David or Solomon knew that this was the thing that he needed. He had an opportunity to get a word from God or to get one request from him. And Solomon knew that the thing he needed was wisdom. And I love the translation that says a God listening heart. How many of you today would say, God, I would love, I want a God listening heart. God, I need a God listening heart in my parenting. God, I don't know how to parent kids in this culture where there's, where there's sexual confusion and identity confusion and, and rampant perversion. God, I don't know how to parent children in this culture. And God, I'm not sure what to do with my business if we should go this direction or that direction. God, I need a God listening heart. And let's search for that urgency or urgently. The story goes on. It says, God, the master was delighted with Solomon's response. And God said to him, because you have asked for this and haven't asked for a long life, riches, or the heads of your enemies on platters. That was my translation. It says the doom of your enemies. (laughs) But you have asked for the ability to lead and govern well. I'll give you what you have asked for. I'm giving you a wise and mature heart or a wise and discerning mind. And God tells him, there's never been one like you before and there'll never be one like you after as a bonus. Y'all, this is a good day for Solomon. It's a good day when you get a bonus from your boss. It's a better day when you get a bonus from God, like a bonus. Hey, he says, as a bonus, I'm giving you both the wealth and the glory you didn't ask for. And he says, there's not a king anywhere who will come up to your mark. And if you stay on course, keeping your eye on the life map, this is our life map. God's word to us is our life map. So he says, I'm gonna give you the glory and the wealth you didn't ask for. There's not a king anywhere who wins. Your father, David, did. I'll also keeping your eye on the life map with the God signs your father, David, did. I'll also give you a long life. Solomon has one opportunity to ask for something. He asks for wisdom. God gives it to him and then also gives him a long life, riches and the glory and the legacy that he didn't ask for. And then Solomon went on to say that wisdom is better than weapons of war, which coming from a king who was often sending his troops into battle, this would have been a big deal for him to say, hey, this is better than weapons of war. Solomon said that that wisdom was better than gold or better than silver, which were the best commodities of his time. He said it this way in Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. Godly wisdom is the game changer you need. Godly wisdom is the game changer you need. It's not the wisdom of this world to God, that is foolishness. It's not found in a horoscope. It's not found in the stars. It's not found on social media. It's not found on Google. It's found in a word from God. It's not found in a pros and cons list. Don't be mad. I know, we all love a good pros and cons list. 
You can do them, but I want you to know that oftentimes God's wisdom is not going to be found in a pros and cons list. Solomon, his legacy goes on to where he wrote three of the wisdom books of the Bible. He wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Because wisdom, when he received godly wisdom, and when we also can pray for and ask God for his wisdom, it will elevate, accelerate, and give purpose to your life unlike anything else. Whatever it is that you need a word from God, if you were to get God's wisdom in that area of your life, it will elevate, accelerate, and give purpose to your life unlike anything else. If it's in your finances, where maybe you just kind of keep running into the same wall with your finances, God's wisdom, a word from God can get you on a different course. If there's an issue in your marriage or maybe just some tension or you're trying to work through some big topics, God's wisdom in that can change everything for you. Uh, one word from God can change everything about your children's education. One word from God can totally change the course of anything it is that you are facing. It is the ultimate game changer. Proverbs 4, 7 says it this way. It says, wisdom is supreme or game changer. Either one, supreme. It says, therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. It may, it may cost you everything. It may cost you relationships. It may cost you money. It may cost you time. But whatever it is, it's worth the cost because it is the game changer. It is supreme. It is the thing you need in your life for the situation you are facing. And the great thing about wisdom is that it's available for everybody. It, it, it does not matter if you're a teenager or if you are older or if you're a first-time parent. Wisdom is available for all of us. We'll see the urgency of needing to search for this wisdom. In Proverbs chapter two, it says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your heart to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. I just want you to take note of all of the words that are our responsibility. This is not like, hey, God will do the impossible. Yes, he will. Also, we need to turn our ear to wisdom, to God's wisdom, not to the wisdom of the world. We have to apply our hearts to understanding. And then it says to cry out for understanding. And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge from God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And just to kind of tell you what the end is, is we're going to pray and ask God for that word from him today, that word of understanding that you need for the situation that you are facing. But it tells us in verse four, it says, search for it as hidden treasure. Imagine there was a million dollar check hidden in this room. You are not gonna care if the person next to you were in a wheelchair. You're gonna flip them out of the chair and you're gonna look underneath it and you're gonna be looking everywhere for that hidden treasure. You're gonna look everywhere. When I think about searching urgently, I can't not think about the time one of our kids walked out in his sleep, like slept walk out of our condo while we were at the beach. Landon went to get us food for the week. I'm not gonna tell the whole story, but I searched urgently for him because I look in the room and there's only one, two children and there's supposed to be three. And I had no chill about looking for my kid, like no chill. I busted into somebody's house, like where they live. I busted in and like was looking for my kid, like searching urgently. What is something that you have searched urgently for? And like, can we take that passion and that urgency and search for wisdom with it? Do you gotta flip over chairs? You gotta move people, throw a few elbows, like do whatever you've gotta do. It might cost you everything, but get wisdom. Search for it urgently. So what is it, where is it you need wisdom in your life? And are you searching for it 
urgently. Proverbs is imploring us, come search for wisdom. Like there's a better way. You don't have to go do it that way. You can avoid all the needless suffering. Come and do things God's way. One of the, one of the verses about this says, there's a way that seems right to a person and in the end it leads to death. Because there is a way that seems right to us. And people who don't know God or know God's wisdom, there's a way that seems right to them. But the word says, in the end, it leads to death. It might seem right to us in the moment. And Proverbs is calling us to come and search for wisdom. Wisdom is crying out in the streets. It's there, it's available, but we have to go search for it and we have to find it. So how do we search for wisdom? Number one is that we search for wisdom in prayer. We search for wisdom in prayer. We open ourselves to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit through spending time with God in prayer. I think one of the things that prevents us from searching for wisdom is the fact that we live a two full life. Uh, our alarm goes off, we hit the ground, with our, in the, like our feet hit the ground and we're just running. Like we're just going all day long. There's no stopping until we crash at the end of the day. And we have not stopped to really even think about what areas of our lives do need God's wisdom in time talking to slow that down is in listening to God in prayer. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. So teenagers, you can search for wisdom and God will give it generously. And generously is like, hey, there's a bonus. Not only am I gonna give you wisdom, I'm gonna give you discernment, I'm gonna give you an understanding mind and I'll give you the other things that you didn't ask for. Like I'm going to give generously. If you need wisdom, ask God in prayer and listen to him for his direction and he will give you wisdom. Landon spent some time with a friend the other day and uh, this friend told him a story where he was going to plant a church in a particular city and he was spending time with his mentor and telling his mentor about how he was gonna plant in a certain city and uh, this guy was willing to like coach him through it, mentor him, resource him, uh, probably help him along the way financially. And the guy was asking him like, why are you gonna plant in this city? And he gave him all the logistical reasons why, like here's why we're gonna plant in this city. And the guy was like, have you prayed about it? He goes, I want you to log a hundred hours of prayer and I'm not doing anything with you. I'm not giving anything to you. I will not mentor you until you can prove to me that you've logged a hundred hours in prayer. So the guy got a stopwatch and he started taking pictures of it, calculating every time he was praying about exactly where he should plant his church. And after 90 days, he had reached a hundred hours of praying about this. So he took a picture where it finally the stopwatch got to a hundred hours and he calls this guy on the phone, his mentor and says, I've prayed about it for a hundred hours. And the guy says, well, where are you supposed to plant? And he was like, well, not there, not there. And the guy was like, well, I thought that was the case, but you needed to get one word from God on it. Because we make our decisions and our decisions make us, but we need to invite God into our decisions. Because if we don't, sometimes I think that we'll just make emotional decisions and then we'll bring logic along the way to back up our emotional decisions. There's a better way. We can spend time in prayer and we can listen. What if the thing that you are facing, the thing that you need wisdom in, what if you pray about it for an entire week? I'm not saying a hundred hours, but you do you boo. If you got 90 days to spend on it, go for it. But what if you just spent the next seven days and you committed 15 minutes a day to praying about that thing? where you pray about it and then you just sit in the presence of God and open up your heart to hearing the wisdom from the Holy Spirit. How could it completely change everything for you? If you got that word from God because you spent time with him in prayer. So we search for wisdom in prayer and we search for wisdom in scripture. 
This is the thing that David implored his son to do was walk according to the ways of God's word. Walk according to his ways. Proverbs is full of wisdom for our lives. In fact, there are 31 Proverbs. Sometimes when I'm doing my, my Bible reading in the morning, I come to the end of it and I think, I, I need to read a proverb today. So if it's February 19th and I'm gonna read Proverbs 19. You could read one proverb for every day of the month. And if you just kept it, a, a rhythm of ingesting God's word and God's wisdom into your life, it will keep you from needless suffering. And we find that in God's word for us. Psalm 119, 105 is one of my favorite verses. I actually memorized this verse as a little girl. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We don't always know the next step and the next step and the next step, but if we will trust God and God's wisdom over our pros and cons list, we got, a, we got a light for this step and we've got a light for this step and step by step faith, choosing to walk in faith and obedience after step, after step, after step, God will guide you in the way that you are supposed to go. His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He will show you the way that you are supposed to go. And I shared with you that Solomon had just become king because his dad had just died. And I wanna share with you the words that David shared with his son as he is on his deathbed. And maybe some of you have had this moment where somebody you love is passing away and, and you have this moment of like life's last words. I think they're very important, very significant. And if you're... I mean, just imagine if that were you, like you're in that moment, if you're a parent and you have one last moment to impart wisdom to your kid, what would you say to them? Like, what would you want your lasting words to be to somebody you love, who you knew was maybe coming up after you? I wanna share with you, because I think it's very significant what David shares with his son Solomon. It's in 1 Kings chapter 2, 1 through 4, and it says, keep the charge of the Lord your God. Like, keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his rules and his testimonies. Where do we find those things? He says, as it is written in the law of Moses. That's in God's word. Like walk according to God's ways. How do you know what God's ways are if you're not reading his word? We've got to read his word to know how we're supposed to live godly lives. He says, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you turn. So we search for wisdom in prayer and we search for wisdom in God's word. And number three, we search for wisdom in wise people. Those people around us who know God's word, who love God, who can help direct us in the ways of living for God. I think small groups are a great way to have these kind of people around you. You may not find them at work. You may not find them at school, but you will find them in a faith-based community. You will find godly people around you. We all need wise people around us. I have a variety of, of friends that I invite to speak into my life and, and a lot of them, they don't think the way I think. And I, I like them speaking into my life because I know that they will thoughtfully ask a question even if I feel very strongly about something. I can, I can be very impassioned and feel very strongly about something. And then a friend of mine, she can ask one question that makes me rethink everything. Because a lot of times life is like a multi-prism, multi-dimensional prism. And I'm looking through one angle, but we need different perspectives from God, honoring God, loving people who can help us see things in a different way. In fact, one time I was faced with a situation and I was like praying that prayer, like, God, just show me what to do with this thing. If you will show me, I will do it. And I was having lunch with this friend and I was like, hey, if you got any wisdom on this, I'm all ears. And she was like, I don't. I was like, well, that's unfortunate. But she did say, you need to pray about it. And in the moment sometimes that can feel frustrating and cliche, but it was, she was right. She was like, if I had anything, I'd share it with you, but I don't like, you need to go to God's word. 
You need to go to God in prayer. You need to pray about that thing. And a lot of times when we, I think the thing that keeps us from seeking out wisdom in other people is a sense of pride that we carry. It's like, I don't wanna acknowledge to you that I don't actually have it all together. I want you to think that I'm actually more adequate in this and self-sufficient than I actually am. It takes a lot of humility to be like, this is my situation. These are the choices I've made. These are the results and the consequences of my actions. That's, that can be a very bearing place to be. And for me personally, one of the most rewarding things about being in ministry is seeing time after time, people who come openly, honestly, and they just bear it all out. And they're like, these are the addictions I'm struggling with. These are the thoughts that are tormenting me. These are the actions that I've made. And this is the situation I'm in. But because they're willing to fight that pride and that shame and they lay it all out there, you see them find freedom. See them, if they reach out to God's people, they are able to see their way through. We need wise people in our lives. We need wise people. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. We need wise people. Without them, we are lost. Speaking of being lost, the other day I had coffee with a friend and it was in this tiny town where I live is where the coffee place is. And I was like, I know how to get there. I have a habit of using my maps for everything everywhere because Cibolo Valley sounds like the other valley, Green Valley, and I get mixed up in all of it. And so I should know, and I don't mean to contribute to a negative stereotype girls, but like, I just don't pay attention. To me, a truck is a truck, an SUV is an SUV. I don't, I don't know the difference. I only know my husband's truck because he has a sticker on it. I just don't pay attention which is unfortunate when I didn't have internet service on my phone and I was headed to this coffee shop that I knew where it was. I was like, I don't need it. Girl, you know, you know where it is. That was a lie, I did not. So I'm going to this, I'm going to this coffee shop and I was like, I know what's off of Main Street. Like it's supposed to be right here. And I'm going up and down Main Street, did a few U-turns and I was like, it's supposed to be right here. And I'm in this moment of like, well, this is about to get awkward. Like if I call Landon, if I reach out to somebody and bear my soul that I don't know where I am, then he's going to know that I don't know where I'm going. And that's embarrassing. Like there's this element of like pride and shame that's like, just keep looking, you'll find it. So I kept looking a little bit longer and y'all, it didn't just show up, the thing that was missing. So I finally make the call of shame, the call of shame. And I told him, I was like, I'm headed to Americana. I know, I know. I was like, it's on Main Street. He goes, where are you? I go, I'm on Main Street. He goes, where are you? I was like, I'm by the 1911 cigar shop. And he says, you're in the wrong town. He said, you're in the wrong town. I was like, don't you tell anybody about this, so help you God. I will tell them myself with a microphone on the platform that will be live eternally in the podcast, but don't you tell nobody about this. I was like, I'm ashamed. And lo and behold, on Main Street in shirts, I found the coffee shop. <laughs> a really embarrassing story that I'd rather not tell you. But I tell it to share with made that sometimes it takes a lot of pain to acknowledge the decisions that we've made, that we're completely lost and we're not where we thought we were. And we've got to look up and look out and reach out to God's people to get God's wisdom in our lives. We've got to fight through the shame, got to fight through the difficulty. And this is our invitation today is to fight through that. Is to fight through that. Cause like the gospel comes and, and I don't have to have it all together because Jesus has it all together. And, and I don't have to be all adequate because Jesus is all adequate. And I don't need to know the answers for all the things because Jesus knows the answers for all the things. And so I can, I can let Jesus be my Lord and I can let Jesus be my savior because I don't have to be that within myself. 
I can let go and I can give it to God. So as we start our response time, we're gonna, we're gonna segue into our response time. And at the end of every service, we have this moment where we can come to God in prayer. And we've got our communion tables up here. We're gonna have prayer partners up here. And, and there's an invitation for you to do the same. You can make that call. But instead of making a call of shame, you lay that shame down at the altar. And there's this moment of this great, beautiful exchange where you can lay down that shame and say, God, I don't really know what to do in this situation, but I need a word from you, like desperately, urgently, because there's too much that is hanging in the balance of me making the wrong decision. God, I need your wisdom in this. I need your wisdom. I join the military or do I go down this career path? Do I go back to God? I need your wisdom because one word from God can change everything for you. And the, the team is gonna lead us in a song. And, and it's a song and I wanna invite you as we sing it to make it a prayer like, God, I need a word from you. God, I need a word from you because one word from God can change everything. And the great thing about coming to the table of communion is that it's a table of mercy. It's a table of forgiveness. And, and to be wise doesn't mean that you don't ever mess up. To be wise means that you come back to God. It's like, hey, I've been a fool. I've done, I've, I've, I've done things before I thought about them. I've hurt people accidentally. I've done the things I didn't mean to do, but I'm coming back to you, God. That's what the wise does. And communion is an opportunity for us to do that, to come back to Him. And I'm wondering what it is that you need a word from God about. What is it that if you could get one word from God, everything for you would change, just one word. Not only do you need it for your life, but we need to be carriers of wisdom to the world around us. Because the truth is that the world is crying out in pain because it is void of God's wisdom. The world is living in a way that is just bringing so much needless suffering to it. And church, we have an opportunity to be a voice of wisdom to people. But we can't be that voice for wisdom if we don't ask for it. We can't be that voice for wisdom and help pull them from needless suffering if we don't first search urgently for wisdom. Like there's just too much at stake for us to not. There's a spirit of oppression and suicide over our generation right now that needs to be broken in Jesus' name. The thing that will help break it is God's wisdom. God's wisdom that says you were made on purpose, that God has a plan for your life. God, guys, we need God's wisdom. And we can be carriers of that if we will search for it and find it. If you would go ahead and stand with me today, your invitation for our response time and prayer partners, you guys can go ahead and come down. The invitation is the table of communion. It's the body that was broken for you to say, God, you've got it together. Thank you for your body that was broken for me. Thank you that you love me even in my foolishness. Thank you, God, that you can take my foolishness and you can give me your wisdom. The response time is like, guys, God, I need that word from you. Like, don't leave here until you've asked him for that word. And it's a moment to say, God, fill me with your wisdom because I know the world around me needs it. And I don't wanna give bad wisdom. God, I wanna give your wisdom because your wisdom is the thing that will change people's lives. Your wisdom is the one that will set them on course for life. So as you're thinking about the thing that you need a word from God for, if you would just lift your hands, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us. And then you're free to respond with communion, with prayer. If you need salvation, come tell a prayer partner, but I'm, I'm inviting you to search for it urgently, 
urgently. God, would you give us that word this morning? God, we ask for that word from you, God, that word for our parenting, God, that word for our marriage, God, that word for our school. God, I don't want one of these students to walk into one day of their school without carrying your wisdom. God, we need a word from you. God, we need your wisdom. God, for the ones who, are, who need a word in their marriage, God, would you give it to them today? God, would they search you for it? Lord, for the one who needs a breakthrough in their business, maybe in their classroom if they're a teacher, maybe in their personal finances. God, would we seek you in prayer? Would we seek you in your word? Would we seek you in wise people? God, we are searching for wisdom. God, we are coming to you. God, we are laying down our pride that keeps us from it. God, we're laying down our full lives to make room in prayer. God, we're laying down the shame where we have to just lay it out, say, this is where I am and what I need help with, God. There's no shame because you've taken it. You bore it all on the cross for us. God, we ask you for one word today, God, the, the one word that could change the course for everything for us. God, would you open our hearts? God, would you give us a God-listening heart this morning in Jesus' name? God, we, get, we have a God-listening heart. God, we lay down our pride and we pick up a God-listening heart this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.